screen door slams. Mary's dress sways. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. Hey, that's me and I want you only. Don't turn me home again. I just can't face myself alone again. Well, don't run back inside, darling. You know just what I'm here for. So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Show a little faith, there's magic in the night. You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Oh, and that's all right with me. That's all you get. Come on, Chris. That was amazing, man. I encourage everyone to listen to the rest of that song because it really has a nice climax. No, man. You did it. You did it justice, man. Seriously. That's a good version, man. Well, thank you. What were you afraid of, man? There was nothing to be afraid of. Uh, I guess not, but no. I don't know. Yeah, that was it's great, been a while. Man. We'll say that. <laughs> that was amazing. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for opening up the show like that, man. Thank you for having me. Everyone knows that's the price of admission on the construction <laughs> life, right? So as yeah. much as you hate it, uh, it's fun. It just breaks the ice. That's yeah. all it is. No, right? I, I so. totally get it, yeah. So, and yeah. I appreciate you having me again, for sure. <laughs> so welcome to the show, man. We're going to have you. an interesting conversation. We're going to talk about workwear. My first question to you before I get into deets and all kinds of stuff is uh, how do we get all the painters to stop wearing track pants? Well, that is the million-dollar question for us. Um, Crocs and track pants. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Like being a Swedish company um, over in Europe, I guess there's a little bit more on the technical side when it comes to training. So a lot of these guys, they'll have, um, you know, they'll go to schooling for these things. And yeah. then with that comes a little bit more pride. And uh, also the biggest factor is in, let's say Scandinavia, not all of Europe, uh, the company's paying for everything, right? So it's true. Yeah. The biggest difference is it's not coming out of pocket, but um, you do see a lot more with the skilled trades um, because they put some sort of schooling into it. Um, there's a little bit more of a, I wouldn't say pride, but just more so um, it, they're on the right path from the start. Whereas here, a lot of it is like people, you know, they get into the trades for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but we're starting to see a big change there. There's a huge push for people to get into skilled trades. And I think one of the ways that you can attract good talent is with workwear. So yep. um, we're really seeing, I mean, I've been with Blacklighter for six years and we're really seeing that transition um, even in the last couple of years. So it's kind of. You're getting really a lot of that residual coming from europe specifically for sure a lot of places and i think you've seen a lot of tradespeople here in north america take a lot more pride in what they wear and wh why they wear it yeah because i think in the beginning um it was hard to they were having a hard time i didn't have a hard time they were having a hard time justifying the costs associated with workwear sure. when they figured that it was going to wear out or need to be replaced at a certain point and i'm like okay hang on a sec man you guys are spending how much on tools you guys are spending how <laughs> much on trucks so I don't understand why you're not spending quality money for quality workwear that's going to make you comfortable all day long, your work day long. That's where, like, we're going to get into it. Let me just sure, do th sure. some <laughs> shout outs. So uh, I totally forgot on the last show uh, that we just did, uh, Joel from Laneway Homes, I was wearing his tee and I totally forgot because we were in a roundtable groove of mind and the roundtable shows are coming soon. Everyone knows this. We've, we've done, we've recorded two and hopefully I got two more that are scheduled where we get an opportunity to have four of the same trade and talking about that trade and the industry. And we had a blast with the plumbers and we had a blast with deck builders and uh it's a different type of show that we're creating for the construction life because now you're getting experienced tradespeople hanging 
side by side yeah. and not looking at each other as competition, basically being a part of community. And that's what the whole point of the round table is about. And there was no competitive nature associated with those two shows. It was really about sharing. Obviously the goal with those shows is uh, getting someone that's young, getting started and get having someone that's much older in season to kind of share what they've gone through. And, and then also have the young guys asking the older guys, how do I solve this? How do I do that? And that's right. exactly what's happening. When I came up with those ingredients for that friggin' dish, it worked out really well and it's going to continue working out. And I think there's a strong likelihood that we're going to do ICF soon. So that's a big talk for us. And, and we're going to have three season ICF people and we're going to have a traditional foundation guy that oh, hasn't cool. woken up yet yeah. and needs to wake up. So that's going to be a, an interesting dynamic. And also it looks like we might have electrical one as well too, because they've been kind of dogging me that the plumbers got on first before the electricians. And I'm like, yeah, first come first serve. So that was Joel with that shirt. And we were talking about that. And now today I'm wearing Evan's shirt from Evan's workshop, uh, workshop, workshop. Yes. Workshop. And he was our youngest guest ever. 15 year old kid. Get out of here. Yeah. Building really cool things. And he's always in the shop after school on weekends, learning all kinds of stuff. That was an amazing show to talk to this kid. This kid is like years ahead of him, man. Like the guy knows what's going on. And I assume he's got a decent like social media. He's got a stuff. decent <laughs> social media and he's doing really well. And he's guest speaking at other elementary schools. And he's like letting people know you can be a kid and learn all these tricks. He's all about safety. Yeah, but he's also understanding the technique behind everything that he's building. He's building furniture things. He built a boat. He built a boat, man. And he like it's all over his Instagram. So it's like that was an amazing conversation hey, with him. So I'm wearing his tee, which is totally I'm proud to do that. But now in the house here, we've got Chris. How do you pronounce your last name? Man? Uh, Kareen. Kareen. Chris yeah. Kareen from Black Ladder Workwear. You're the national sales manager. Triple uh, W Blackladder.com. And it's Chris Kareen at Blackladder.com. And for everyone who doesn't know, it's B-L-A-K-A-L-A-D-E-R. That's good. Yeah, that's right. Right. And then on Instagram, it's Black Ladder North America. But then there's also and the, there's all kinds of there's European pages. There's. Yeah. So I guess there's a probably a European Black Ladder, just Black Ladder. And then we're Black Ladder NA in North America. In specifically. North America. Yeah. OK, cool. And then uh, that's it for me, man. So now we're off to the races. So Perfect. I guess I, it's a question of I still go back to the painters and track pants, man. Yeah. And, and, and Crocs. I don't know if I'll ever be able to get them out of Crocs. <laughs> Because there are no steel toe Crocs. I don't care what you tell me. It's coming. I can only assume it's <laughs> No <coming>. way, man. <laughs> Uggs and Crocs will never be steel toe, right? Uh, but yeah, it's, I've always, everyone who has heard the show, I hate track pants. Yeah. I don't like seeing track. And then you have the argument about, listen, I pulled the drawstring out, so then I'm not a danger anymore. Yeah. It's still a dangerous item to be wearing on a job site, in my opinion. So I could not agree more, um, but I think there's something to be said about um, so first of all, heritage and legacy workwear in North America, uh, I'm not going to name any specific names, um, but very rigid fabrics, um, yeah. and you know, kind of boxy baggy. We know who you are. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of the kids these days, especially, but even, you know, um, people kind of emulate what the, the newer generations are doing. So you see a lot of kids wearing tight, you know, I've seen guys with Lululemons on site, um, Really? I haven't seen that. Okay. Oh, it, Lululemons, really? Yeah, they're so comfortable. Why wouldn't you, right? Well, the reason you is because it's... You can't put anything anywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's no function to it, for sure. Yes. But the, I guess the biggest takeaway from that is that um, it's comfortable, it's uh, flexible, and they use pretty decent fabrics, right? But um, I guess the main takeaway is that it's comfortable, it looks good, uh, and it's flexible. So 
um, us and a few other workwear brands, especially um, from Europe, have uh, kind of been at the forefront of, of bringing in some more flexible fabrics. Um, the issue with flexibility or stretch is what, you know, every, everyone's jeans have stretch in them these days, is you trade off some... Um, some durability as well. So what we're doing and what the the better workwear brands that are focused on durability is you put um, durable fabrics where you need them. So on your thighs or you make the pockets out of them, um, wherever there's wear and tear. And then you put strategic stretch panels. So you can't see what I'm wearing right now, but I'm wearing uh, our service pants, 1655, look them up online. And um, they come in six colors. And essentially where you need the durability is a nice um, poly cotton blend, but then there's nice stretch panels uh, that are breathable and yep. can kind of flex for you too. So, Okay, so back to uh, the jeans. So I still own jeans yeah. that are probably older than Angelina, <laughs> right? So, And I still have boots that are older than her, and I have belts that because I've taken care of all that stuff, right? And right. also recently I've been losing some weight, which is great, so then I can get back into the jeans I used to wear nice. in the late 80s and early 90s, That's right? Great. But the thing is, I just take care of them. And I know we'll get into the taking care part because there's a critical way to wash these things. Sure. Right? It's not just a matter of you just scrubbing it and getting in there and that's it. There's a, the, 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 take, well, my point is, I, if you take care of it, things will last. Because I, I have this argument all the time that the cost of this item, of this comfortable work wear, yeah. it's not a factor if you take care of it and you work a certain way, it will actually move with your body that's specifically designed to be a tradesperson. Yes. You guys are not designing it for office workers. You're designing this stuff for people that we know have mobility in their knees, their lower back, their shoulders, everything, upper and lower garments, everything's designed a certain way. So then it can move this way without any failure. Yeah. And like, that's an excellent point. You're kind of, you know, doing my job for me. Well, I'm just saying uh, because (laughs) that I, I know I have, and that's where I go back to at the very beginning where I said, you guys spend, like right now, I just, like Matt from from uh, MJ Electric, he, like, I saw the self-feeding uh, fishing line from Milwaukee that they just introduced, oh, yeah. right? And I'm like, that's an amazing tool. How much? That was yeah. my first question. <laughs> it was six bills, but he oh said God. it's a game changer. He just said, we've already bought three of them. We're already on different job sites. It's already speeding things up. And I'm like, what's the worst thing to be as a tradesperson on a job site? is uncomfortable sure like if you can eliminate that component then you're going to enjoy being on the job site well i I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head too guys will spend money on good tools that'll make them more efficient right um and and they're business efficient exactly 100 percent. and a great example we like to use is i mean if you're used to wearing jogging pants they have zero functionality (laughs) right other than you being able to be flexible and move around they're very very low function and not super safe either um, but if you were to just, you know, upgrade a little bit, so say those jogging, like here, pair of Lululemons, they're 120 bucks. So is that what they are? I've never yeah. bought one. I yeah. never, I don't know anything about them. Okay. Um, I might have a couple of pairs myself, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but they're, uh, I mean, they're great, right? If you're just kicking around on the weekend or whatever, but, um, so if price is your, your issue at 120 bucks, then, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but, um, so say jogging pants, you're looking at 40, 50 bucks a pair or something like that. So the two or three pairs that it takes to buy one pair of functional workwear, um, that pair is going to outlast that pair of, of jogging pants. You know, I couldn't even tell you, there's no calculation for it, but a lot, a lot longer than, than a pair of jogging pants. But if you're putting knee pad pockets and utility pockets, which look like little elephant ears, if, uh, for the no, first of all, the, 
the the little pockets, the holsters or whatever. Yeah. I eliminated tool belts because of that. Well, there you go. I don't want tool belts because I started <laughs> realizing early on I was getting lower back issues. I was like, okay, mm. this this center of gravity thing is not working for my physique. Yeah. And it was it was like I don't need all these things in this tool belt, and I'm not that particular trade i'm a gc right. I, I can understand framers finished carpenters sure. even mechanical trades they have specific tool but not a full gamut of tool belts right. but with the pockets if you're an electrician you're a plumber you can fit everything you yeah. know what i mean so it's just like all of a sudden it starts to work so you eliminate it's not that you have to eliminate such a great product in a tool belt itself, but you eliminate the need of having a tool belt. Right. When you can just be in this, the only thing that you got to be conscious of, because I'll get stuck on this sometimes is that something is in the pocket and you get into your vehicle and you sit down and all of a sudden you're poking or <laughs> prodding or something like that. And then you realize, Oh, okay, that's uncomfortable, yeah. but that's not what it was designed for to be in that position. That's the only danger of it. Right. And I mean, we have a new pair of pants that just came out and actually a couple of new pairs that you can zip those pockets off. Cool. Because, um, I mean, we can get into this, but some guys are really iffy about those pockets, so they like to buy without. Um, but I really think if people try out a pant with utility pockets, they'll see the benefit. And what we like about these new two pants that we have is that having being able to zip them off, maybe you don't use them at first, but then maybe you do see an application and they slowly creep, uh, creep into your life. Um, Which but, trades are the ones that are complaining about the pockets? I'm well, so, I mean, pretty much everybody. I mean, really? in, in North America, it's not super common to wear uh, pants with utility pockets. It's more like, for example, we have one one pair that uh, comes with and without the pockets. And without pockets, outsells with pockets four to one in every color. So it's... it's Wow. Yeah. And I mean... But that's North America. North America, yeah. And, and sorry, Chris, I just got to do a quick shout out because I know she listens. Is Saskia over there in, in Belgium. Oh, cool. Because she actually is a, is a brand ambassador for Black Ladder there, right? Very so cool. she's a huge fan there. And she's been on the show, and we've interviewed her through no a way. Zoom call. And so, I, hello, Saskia. How's your <laughs> <laughs> That's all. So I just thought I'd give you a little shout out there because I know you're a huge Black Ladder fan, right? Uh, sorry to interrupt you. But um, no. I'm surprised. So it's, <coughs> excuse me. So I think it's kind of like that van mentality. It took a while for vans to get embraced with tradespeople here right. in North America. Instead of a truck, you mean? Yeah, or, we yeah, were, yeah. North America's mentality on construction was always pickup truck. And yeah. which of the three <laughs> were you a part of? And if you were uh, adopted or something, you had a, a Japanese pickup truck or something right. like that, right? So it's just like you either Ford, GM, or you're Dodge, right? Right. Excuse me. <coughs> so vans finally came in. It's the same thing with the clothing, with the workwear. They're slowly, are they slow? You guys would know this better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the concept of elevated or functional workwear in the first place is very, very new to North America. So, I mean, we were, I think we might have been the first, if not, you know, first or second in North America. I think we were actually the first, though, um, to bring in that functional workwear to North America. And now you look at everybody, everyone and their brothers got uh, a version of a pant that looks like ours. Yeah. Um, we definitely didn't come up with this concept in Europe. I mean, this was developed through a lot of competition between us and other brands yep. in Scandinavia. So, um, but in North America, we were one of the pioneers. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that, uh, sorry, I lost my train. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. We'll get back on. Yeah. Um, no, anyway. but the embracing of like this, and I, I think it's, um, okay, let's be fair about it. The American construction industry kind of dictates 
the construction industry, where it's going to be headed. Sure. Right? And Canada follows suit at that point, right? Sure. But I, I'd, I'd like to think that Canada has some say in certain things. So I think that, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Canada started embracing workwear before America was embracing workwear. Functional, proper workwear. Yeah. Because well, we were so used to the cardboard cutouts where, like, this is what you would wear because of durability. Right. But they were extremely uncomfortable. Sure. And a lot of those brands are made in America, too, or at least they used to be. So, like, there's a level of pride there. Um, There is a certain level of uh, just Canada being a more socially minded country uh, to an extent. So in that sense, some companies are providing more work where we're kind of like in the middle between Europe and uh, and the U.S., there's a lot of new Canadians or people that weren't originally from Canada, so um, they might have come from Europe and brought that with that mentality. And they as recognize well. it, yeah. For sure. um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons, um, but I so I think because there's a little bit more, the company will pay for it in Canada. Um, you end up getting um, they're more eager to try new things or quality or, or functions or whatever. A great thing I was going to say this before, but um, if you if you're on a job site right and you have one guy who every, I don't know, he's got to go over to his toolbox and grab his knee pads and strap them on, right? Ah, I'm, I may as well have a smoke wall over here, right? And then, uh, so there's five, 10 minutes gone. He goes back and yeah. he's like, oh, I forgot my nails. And he goes back and he grabs a box of nails and walks back over. So, oh, I may as well have another smoke first, whatever. So there's, you know, 10, 20 minutes just gone. Um, if you have knee pad pockets, that's not an issue because it's built in. If you have utility pockets, you can throw a bunch of nails or screws or something in, in your utility pockets. Um, so right with that one guy, you're saving 20, 30, 40 minutes a day. Multiply that by 200 employees mm-hmm. in a major company like, and multiply that by 270 days a year or whatever it is. Like that adds up. That's dollars and cents. So right? that's the disconnect, Chris, is where it's like business owners right. know this. Yeah. And then employees that are not business owners yet. And one day will be, will experience that. They don't know this yet because they start looking at production, kind of production values, right? right? So you start factoring in what's the amount of production that this trade person is working for, for my business, right? And then you start factoring in, sure, smoke breaks, pee breaks, all kinds of stuff, opportunities to slow down or whatever. And then you're just given an excuse, right? But instead of trying to be a team, try to be a team now and try to be a collective and try to get the, the task at hand for the day, that focus instead of right. just a breaks, right? That's where I was. And I, and I know that a few years ago, IG is a double-edged sword, right? Like social media is a double-edged sword, right? Because it, especially in construction, construction was late to the game regarding social media. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, social media jumped all over construction and then it kind of pounced on it. And then, you know, everybody was not getting hundreds of thousands of videos and views and all the kind of crap like that. But a few years back, everybody was talking about the strap on uh, knee pads and put this on and put the, and use this and use this. And I never bought into it because I always thought in my head, just like this with Black Ladder and other European brands, it has to be integrated. And there's been so many times that I've been on a job site and I'm talking and I'm not afraid to just drop to my knees and to explain something because I'm like, here, look at this detail here. We need to talk about this. I don't have time to go to anybody or myself to go to the truck to go get my knee pads to strap them on so then I get on the knees so I can have a conversation where it's supposed to be have, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not like I'm looking for payment. I'm just saying that I'm talking about a detail on the job site. I want to be, everybody needs to be the perspective that we're looking at so we can understand the task, right? I have knee pads already into the pants. I can drop. Right. And I don't have to worry about it. And unfortunately, I mean, you know, people don't like things to be 
mandated or, or legislated or anything like that. And actually, um, I don't want to speak at a turn. I, I'm pretty confident that this is true. But in Quebec, they're going to be um, they're going to be implementing a European um, knee protection standard. Really? Because it, think about it, like that. You know, two seconds you were down on your knees. Uh, if that adds up over your career, I mean, that'll shave years off the end of your career, right? Uh, the, your your knees don't. It's the, the 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 later years that you lose out on. It doesn't just like you don't miss out on a chunk in the middle of your of your career. So um, people don't realize that they don't see the wear and tear while they're doing it. And I've done it. I'm sure you've done it where you're you know on your knees for longer than maybe you should have, and then your knees are kind of ruined for a day or two afterward. Um, and even myself, like I'm not on the tools, but I find myself on my knees quite a bit and, um, I'm like, Oh, the knee pads are just over there. But if they were built in, they're you know, built in. Right. And it just, it's, it, yeah. So you don't want to have to legislate something like this, but if everyone just kind of voluntarily realized that like, just it, do has it. A, it has a good impact on your There's knees. Just, yeah. It's just, I quickly learned, like, I mean, when you start paying attention to crumple zones, and you start paying yeah. attention to crash test dummies and all this other shit. And then you start having conversations with certain doctors and you're trying to explain to them, why do I have a kink in my lower back? Then the good doctors will actually start to talk to you about your footwear. Then you start understanding that there's mileage counts on your footwear. So I don't care what kind of footwear that you're wearing. There's an expiration date on it depending sure. on how many steps you've taken on it or how much damage you've put into it or how much wear and tear it is it, right? Because the moment that that footwear starts to fail, the next component are your knees. And then sure. that stress is too much. Now, if you don't have knee pads on there and you go down on your knees, then the next component is lower back. Mm -hmm. And it keeps working your way. And all of a sudden, you get to the point where you're a man in the construction industry. You're like, oh, I can just take the pain. I can take the pain. You can take the pain until it gets all the way up into your neck and shoulders. And then you go to the doctor and they tell you, okay, well, what kind of shoes are you wearing? What kind of boots are you wearing? What kind of pants are you wearing? What kind of whatever you're doing? And then you're like, I came in here for my shoulders. Yeah. I go, well, the problem is starting at your feet. And if you're not taking care of the rest of your body, then it's going to become an entire problem all over your body, right? That's yeah. why workwear is beyond just being. Well, and the other thing, the other end of that spectrum is like, you know, we talked about the skilled trades. Like these guys probably have a good pension or, or uh, insurance. Some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah. But like if you're working for a decent sized company, you may more likely to have a good safety net than like a day laborer, right? Or, or just, you know, a general laborer. But you and never want to use it you know what of I'm course saying? not right but, yeah but my point is is that if if you're just a guy like pushing a broom around or something like that and doing the odd thing here and there it's equally important to have good workwear because um 100%. yeah if you if you don't if you do something to injure yourself like you're less likely to have some sort of a safety net in the, the tail end of your career so um i mean for many reasons it's a good idea and i'm actually i mean when you talk about workwear and, and the difference between us and other brands and what, what we do that's different, um, you mentioned like building it so that it works with you and, 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 you know, moves where you need it to move and such. But um, there's also the quality aspect. It's not just, you know, you mentioned having um, to take care of it, right? Yeah. You're going to get this stuff dirty. You're going to get this stuff, you know, you have a nice, you have a nice shirt that you buy uh, to wear to a, you know, wear out on a Saturday night. You're going to put that on a hanger and put it back in the closet. You're going to take care of it. Yep. You're going to beat the crap out of your workwear. And it needs to be able to be washed, you know, high temperature. Um, I would say don't put stuff in the dryer because it'll last longer if you don't put it with that high heat. But yep. um, you need something to stand up to the wash. So 
quality doesn't just mean it stands up to the job. It also stands up to that high temperature wash and so detergents and stuff. Speaking of which, I think it was the first year of construction. I actually have a Swedish telescopic clothes hanger. Oh, yeah. They're called, it's it's called uh, Sweetie, Sweetie, is it called Sweetie? W or S-W-E-D-I-I. And it's actually the coolest thing ever. I saw it at a home show one time. I bought it right then and there. It's about, uh, I'd say, three feet wide. Okay. And it comes out about a foot, and it gives you five or six uh, runs, plastic runs. Yeah. So you can hang stuff because for that exact purpose, not everything needs to go into the dryer. Right. You sometimes have to hang certain drip dry things, right? Sure. But it actually, you can mount it right over a sink. You can mount it on a wall. They give you extra clips so you can mount it outside mm. in the warmer weather. I still use it to this day. <laughs> and But the thing is, I don't know if you can find it anymore here because there's been knockoffs and things like that, but it's not the same. The cool thing about this thing is that it's so strong that when you pull it out, it doesn't sag, right? Right, right. But it's, it's, it, it's such a factor in, in anything that I'm doing. That's why maintenance is such a huge thing, man, when it comes to workwear. 100%. You're working with it. You're using it. You're going to sweat. You're going to get mud on it. You're going to get it dirty. You're going to get it snagged. There's nothing worse than having a brand new garment and all of a sudden it gets snagged somewhere. Yeah. Fix the snag. Get it done, just get it patched or whatever. And then because it, it might expand and all of a sudden it just becomes garbage at that point. Sure. Leave it at that point. Like that's the thing about it. But understand that you will get, you'll get efficiency out of the workwear. You'll never get it out of a pair of jeans or a pair of track pants. You'll never get it out of any of those things, man. No. They're just constructed differently, right? Like, yes. I mean, um, are you wearing jeans right now? I'm wearing jeans right now. We're doing a podcast. Oh, sure, sure, I'm not sure. lifting hey, anything I'm not, up. I'm not knocking <laughs> it. But uh, I don't know if you want to look at your own crotch right now. But where the the seams come up from the middle of your leg, and anyone yeah. wearing jeans can do this too, so they come up the middle of your leg, and then they come down in the front, and it, yeah. it makes a, a letter T. Yeah. So they all meet in the middle right there. I'm hopefully I'm drawing a good picture for you guys. But um, So that is actually a weakness because yeah. it's four different seams all meeting at an end right yeah. so what we do and there's a caveat to this but um with our non-flex or non-stretchable uh fabrics we have a triple stitch from ankle to ankle so that now reinforces all the way through and that now becomes a strength point and um and just in that that fact alone like it's meant to be a strength point whereas in jeans they're just throwing it together for fashion right yes. so they they don't anticipate having this kind of tension on that point um but on but the job site, you will have a hundred percent. You're crouched down. You're you got one foot up. You're climbing ladders. Whatever you're doing, you're gonna put stress on that uh, that point. Yeah. And jeans just can't handle it. So, um, and then my caveat was with our stretchable fabrics. Um, usually, we have a gusset in that area, which is like kind of a extra bit of fabric. So they wouldn't have that. But stretch material is meant to move with you, so you wouldn't necessarily need that triple stitching. So. Was there much sacrifice going? the stretchable way or like a hundred percent. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, it's amazing. Like we, so again, sort of a pioneer, especially in Europe when it comes to um, stretch fabrics here in North America, we were actually kind of hesitant to, to launch some of these technologies just because um, we the market. Well, the market of course, but also um, you are, there is definitely a trade off for stretch for durability. Right. So, you know, these heritage brands um, where they they have these durable fabrics and they last long, may not, maybe not so comfortable. There's ways you can construct a pair of pants so that it actually, or even a jacket for that matter, that allows you to move your arms freely or your legs freely. Um, but, I mean, stretch is just like 
literally everything has stretch in them jeans jackets you know any fabric you can not think any of. of my jeans man i have not <laughs> bought a pair of brand new jeans are probably 10 plus years but it's it's i mean i doubt it's a a trend like it's something that will be here to stay but i mean i guarantee you, if you were to go out and buy a pair of jeans they wouldn't last half as long oh, as I the agree ones with you. yeah i totally agree with because you. of that stretch and yeah. i i'm replacing jeans for my daily use you know Every couple, a what's, year but and what's half, what's years? a pair of jeans these days? I mean, I can't imagine. Back in my day, when I was buying jeans in the eighties and nineties, I was still spending a buck fifty for a pair of diesels, right? Yeah, and that's a lot of money back then. So I'm assuming a pair of decent branded jeans are what over two hundred bucks. Imagine this: you're working on a construction project and accidentally damage a client's property. Without insurance, you could be held responsible for the repair costs. And what about unforeseen accidents that can happen on a job site? Construction projects come with their fair share of risks. If a third party gets injured, you could be facing medical expenses, legal fees, and even potential settlements. But with construction liability insurance, those expenses are covered, saving you from a significant financial burden. Every construction professional needs a margin of safety and a solid backup plan for when things go wrong. So if you're a general contractor, renovation expert, or a construction professional, don't leave your business vulnerable. Nail down the low-cost construction liability insurance you need and get a certificate of insurance quickly by getting a free quote now by visiting zensurance.com forward slash save 35. Zensurance is Canada's leading source for small business and construction liability insurance. I would assume, I mean, I just wear Levi's like, um, and they're like 60 bucks if you get them on sale. So, so I mean, that's reasonably priced at that yeah. point, right? But they're disposable basically, right? Yeah. Like they're, maybe you get a year and a half out of them. If but I go me. back to workwear and being functional and comfortable. I go back to that whole world is like, there's nothing worse than I've been in it. And lots of tradespeople have been in it where you're not wearing the right garments and you're not prepared for the right elements and now you've gotten wet or muddied or you're cold. Yeah. And that's the start of your day. Yeah. And then for the rest of the day, in the back of your head, you've got a little labored let devil that's talking to you going, go home, go mm -hmm. home, go home, go home, because you're cold, you're wet, you're tired, you're uncomfortable. When you wouldn't have been at any of those things if you had proper workwear. Right. You would have actually done your day. And then all of a sudden, isn't it better to go at the end of the day going, we accomplished that, we achieved all that stuff. Right. I was comfortable. And then I went home and I did my day. Yeah, I have to assume most people listening to this podcast are either in business for themselves or a lot of them you know, are that yeah. sort of thing. So, I mean, they don't have the option to go home, right? Like they got to get that job done and get onto something else. What's nice um, in the last few years, you're getting a lot of crews that I, I like that a lot of the independent crews, like they're taking notes from the union crews. Mm. They're starting to offer health benefits to their tradespeople, okay. their crews. But they're also starting to offer workwear. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because they yeah. want it's almost like a uniform. Yeah. So it's like, listen, we're all going to be wearing black. Yeah. This is our thing, right? We're all, that, that's just how it is. We're going to be wearing specifically black workwear, boots, pants, jackets, shirts, and then we're going to put our logos on them. Yeah. <laughs> and then we all look cool, right. right? So I'm like going, that's actually a sense of pride at that point, 100%. right? And I like I liked seeing that. That's why in the beginning, it was the constant argument with the young kids about, I can't justify spending that much money on a pair of pants. And then you're spending three times that on a new tool, but... You're the primary tool in your business, man. Right. So why can't you spend it on you? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned footwear before as well, which is a huge thing. Like you're on your feet 10, 12 hours a day. Find a comfortable pair. If not more. Like yeah. that's super important. And we can talk about footwear later if you want to. But uh, Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, it's the same thing with workwear. Like you're, it's something that it, we, we treat workwear as a tool, right? And I mean, 
it depends on what what kind of job you're doing. There's also the other side of it, like you mentioned, with logos and branding. Like everybody's, not everybody, but a lot of people do have some sort of an online presence now. That's how they market. They don't. I, I talking to a guy not three hours ago at the store, and he was saying, um, I was like, let me grab your business card and I'll email you about such and such. And he goes, I don't have a business card. He goes, I just do online now. I, I haven't had a business card for five years. DM me. Yeah, exactly. Or email me. Or if you know me well enough, you have my number. Yeah. But then again, I give my number out on every single one of these shows. <laughs> it's in the show notes. And now all I do is get marketing b- BS coming at me. Sure. Right? Yeah. But I'm like, that's the trade-off. So eventually one day that number will disappear and that won't be my number anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. In today's day and age, it's all mar- like, I mean, Frontiers was here and he just gave me a coffee mug. And he, like, I'd like everybody's the stickers here. Sometimes they're all they belong to people. Everyone's nice. kind of moving in here and just leaving this stuff. So then you kind of. This is how we communicate. Yeah. Right. Which is really cool. I want to do another shout out because I totally forgot about Aaron, uh, Big Dog Productions in New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so he's a huge Black Ladder guy. Right. So, That's Aaron, a huge shout out to you, bro. Hope all is well there. And I know that um, Flashing Day is coming up in August. So we definitely got to mark that on the calendar because he's he's actually trying to make it a, an actual event, okay. a, a day where you want to submit pictures of key flashing details that you're working on a current project or a past project and just have a conversation about uh, flashing, right? And this isn't like trench coat flashing. This is actual job site <laughs> flashing, right? Uh, proper construction flashing. So just shout out to him there. That's the only other shout out I'm going to do. Uh, but I want, Chris, like, do, do me a favor, man. Go through the gambit of what you guys are selling now. Like, it's not just pants anymore. No, I mean, like, at the end of the day, we are a pant company. That's yeah. what we do best. That's where you guys started. Um, it's where we started. That's what we put most of our, our, our you know, research and development into. Um, I mean, some big things for us is uh, in the last couple of years, we've broken into the fire-resistant market. So we're actually, you know, making some pretty big waves there. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of innovation in FR products in since pretty much the 90s, maybe even before that. So some new exciting fabrics. Um some new exciting features and functions. I mean, what we have now is exceptional. And then what's coming, you know, later this year, beginning of next year is it's just insane. So for the utility workers, uh, wind techs, uh, turbine techs, that sort of thing. Um, Sorry, just one note on the fire. Yeah. All you young guys getting into a trade that requires this apparel. Yeah. There's a wash life oh, yeah. cycle on it. And really understand and read um, any disclaimers that you guys or anybody else is offering because you can only wash it so many times yeah, and then it doesn't become fire retardant anymore. That's a, ex- an excellent point mm-hmm. because most people wearing FR, um, it's being provided to them by their company. Yes. But if you're an individual person out there that has to wear FR, a big thing is um, check the wash cycle and try not to go over that. You can have stuff retested and, and stuff, but that's a very expensive process, but also do not use fabric softener, um, which is probably a good rule of thumb for any anything. work with. <laughs> Don't use fabric softener or anything in general. Yeah. Yes, it kind of yes. eats away at it. Exactly. So if something's waterproof, it's going to you know limit that. If it's FR, um, it, I think it basically just voids it immediately, if I'm not mistaken. Really? So, yeah, yeah, on yeah. the first wash? I'm not 100%, but wow, they, I don't at, doubt it. In the, in the game, they just say don't. Don't use uh, uh, fabric softener. So, um, so yeah. Sorry, so I interrupted you. So, yeah, so you, the Wintex and the fire and then what else? Uh, yeah, utilities, linemen, okay. that sort of thing. Like, uh, And then electricians as well. Some high voltage or even low voltage guys have to wear uh, FR. So we're um, an industry leader there. And there's a lot more stuff coming. Um, and then 
obviously pants, like we said before, um, just kind of some promotional stuff. Like we recognize that m the more companies that are getting into um, branding themselves, they want to look cool, but they also need workwear. So I guess a big thing to say about our stuff is even though some of our products are, you know, they look good and they feel good and they're flexible and blah, blah, blah. Um, they're all, they're all still workwear, right? Yeah. So um, you may look at something and be like, oh, I could wear that on the weekend, but it still has a lifetime warranty on the seams of the garments because it is, you know, in its essence, it's workwear. So um, yeah, so FR, work, uh, promotional stuff. We have a lot of new, like I said, the pants I'm wearing, um, it work, it's called our service line. Okay. And um, essentially it's, one of those crossover things where lots of really interesting colors for branding your company, but then you, I wear them hiking and, you know, walking my dog and stuff. So just great, flexible outdoor pants as well. I will say this, and anybody who's listening can laugh at me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, when I'm cleaning my place, mm -hmm. I wear workwear. Really? Because I don't trust a mop and a bucket. I'm old school European. I'm on my hands and knees <laughs> and washing the floor, washing yeah. all kinds of stuff. And I realized because I was actually doing some work and I was wearing them and I was like, oh shit, I got to clean my house, right? It's that day of the week, whatever. And all of a sudden I just started cleaning and I was like, this is actually a really good cleaning, house cleaning yeah. wear. Well, it's amazing. Like I, I'm I, just saying it is. Yeah. I just discovered that. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I bet you there's no. other trades people going, you know what? I'm going to throw my workwear on to clean the house. Well, I wear it at home more than I wear it anywhere else. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> so I'm just saying that there's another purpose attached to it. And all yeah. of a sudden you don't have busted up knees when you're cleaning things. And that's Absolutely. it. So this isn't an infomercial and you got this mop that's amazing. It's going to save you. <laughs> Mops don't do things properly. I'm sorry. They don't. You got to get on your hands and knees and clean that floor properly. Right. So that's just me. Agreed. <laughs> just, so I just, I wanted to interrupt you there. That's but yeah so other than that you guys are also doing all the tops too as well right hoodies and jackets and all kinds of stuff like that right no absolutely i mean like we that's the one part where um you know we take a little bit more guidance from from the market um pants were the expert and we we kind of you know dictate by working with um developing with alongside the trades, we develop the pants that are needed for the jobs. And then when it comes to uh, uppers, it's more along the lines of like what colors or, or fabrics people are interested in. Um, and I mean, there's always development in that. So a lot of the big part of it too is, you know, high visibility safety yep. uh, regulations. Um, here in Canada, we have the most strict high visibility regulations. Um, they're more also- the states? What's that? More than the state? Yeah, I mean, so it's it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. I'm sure you have, but you know how there's the X on the back of yeah. a jacket, yeah. and then the two lines on the front. Yeah. So essentially, what it means is if you see the two lines, you can it's like two thumbs up, and if you see an X, it means the person can't see you. Uh, it's it's kind of ingenious, and it you don't it, you know it spans all languages, and I think the whole planet should adopt the Canadian standard. Uh, it would make my life easier because we have to keep you know, adopting products specifically for it's, it's a brilliant Canada. idea. It's kind of like uh, airplanes with green and red lights. Yeah. So exactly. you know exactly Folks, if yeah. they're approaching you or they're flying right. away from you, right? right. Just right. based on the orientation of the green and red lights on the wings. So it's just like, why not just make these international standards? Like, yeah, I, if I'm not mistaken, the U.S. is thinking about it, um, at least regions <laughs> in the U.S., but we'll see how that goes. Just a statement about the U.S. is thinking about it. <laughs> just, hey, we have lots of U.S. listeners. It's all good. I mean, it's just like they, they want to. Why can't we just all get along and just like have everybody on the same? Like we're all the, 
Listen, when it comes to this show, there's people around this whole world that's listening to this yeah. show. And you got people that are like, they relate to what's going on, even though we're talking primarily North American language right. about construction, but it's still relevant to what they're doing. So they connect with it. So why not just we adopt all the same things? So then if you also, plus if you're moving from one country to the other, it's going to be a lot easier for you to, sure. to, to adapt, right? Yeah, I mean, we're doing a lot. We're talking a lot with um, companies that are working in multiple um uh, continents as well. Yeah. And the biggest struggle is them trying to find a company that can support them in all markets. Right. So, I mean, with us, if anyone's listening and they're needing, you know, Europe and U S and Canada, we, we have, uh, established, um, entities in each of those areas that all work very closely together. So, um, you know, a product that you see in Europe, even though it's a European standard, it'll look very similar to a Canadian yeah. product that is yeah. Canadian standard. So, um, which is not something a lot of companies can do um, just because they usually focus on one market or maybe two, you know, Canada, the U.S. or whatever. You know, but in today's day, Chris, man, like global is literally an arm's reach, Oh, right? yeah. It's wild. It's just I, I love the fact that you can communicate with somebody so far away, but if they have a product that's there that's not here, you can get that product. Yeah. Somehow it will get to you. Sure. And so then you can use it and then either better your business or better yourself in the process. Right. So that's why I like it. Yeah. I mean, especially with, uh, you know, social media, like uh, there's a fella named uh, Dusty Lumberco. He's big on. Um, oh, I know him. Yeah. yeah. No of him. Sorry. I don't, yeah. I, yeah. He's uh, he's a big friend of ours. And um, uh, I speak with him every once in a while just about he's big into I think his biggest country of influence is India. And he's from Alberta. Um, That's funny. but he's, he's pretty smart, uh, the way he does his, his videos, um, they, they reach a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, it's just like that you're around the world and you can see different tools or ways of working that, you know, you may never have known about five years ago, yeah. but so I'm sure a lot of the innovation that we're seeing and these new tools that companies are coming out of are just adopted off of something they're seeing going on in Germany or China or something yep. like that. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool. One more shout out. I totally forgot. <laughs> he's going to hate me because he's actually going to come back on the show to talk about mental health, which I really appreciate is Chris from Hardware Canada. Yeah. So, Spoken with him before. Yeah. 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 So he's, he's actually a solid guy and he's always, uh, wearing you guys and, and he's, nice. he's got one of those jobs that not everybody wants. He's always on the, uh, the, the high rise scaffolding and yeah. out there in the outriggers and it's all about safety and, and taking care of each other and watching each other's back. Cause it's always a one or two person job. And, uh, but he's, he's like, he's got some of the hardest tasks to achieve when he's up there on these, uh, sure. high rises that are, uh, falling apart because of race to the bottom, whatever they just do bad. Yeah, bad absolutely. Work, right. But, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to give Chris, uh, Chris a shout out there and look forward to having him back on the show soon. So we can talk more about what's going on in his life there. Yeah. Small world. I know everyone you've shouted out so far. <laughs> I know a few people, man. <laughs> I know a few people. Um, so w what else you want to say? Okay. I know you mentioned the, the footwear. I'm curious well, just very quickly. I mean, you mentioned, um, and I, there's no like real announcements or anything like that, but we are looking into, uh, some footwear in North America. Oh, really? It is. We own our own factories. So that, I guess that's one thing to mention about us too, is that we own eight factories and we do our own manufacturing. So we control the process from start to finish from product development to manufacturing, the only thing we don't, you know, cover is the shipping itself, but, um, but that seems like it's getting back to normal now. Um, that must've been a pain during the, the fiasco. Oh yeah. I mean, we literally had a sea can on the ever given that was stuck in. Yeah. Really? And they're like, we need these jackets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so with because we own our own factories, uh, we we last year we purchased a, uh, a footwear factory, um, and it's state of the art, highest quality um, footwear process or processes you can have. Um, so we're currently going through getting it certified for Canada. So we should have some footwear by this time next year, um, which is pretty exciting. But it's just the way you mentioned before about, you know, if you don't have the right footwear, it kind of impacts the rest of your body. It does. Um, the way that they were designed uh, is quite ingenious. It was a five-year project that we underwent to like completely revolutionize the way that um, safety boots are made. And long story short, um, it just promotes good body health from bottom up, right? So of course it needs to protect you. Um, you know, it has a, a carbon toe and, and a plate to stop stuff com from coming underneath, but also um, you need to have, um, it puts your body in a good position because yep. you're, again, you're in these things for 10, 12 hours a day. And the one piece of feedback I get and I've asked for criticism up and down on these things. And everyone's like, nope, they're great. They get better with age is what they keep saying to me. So okay. um, really excited for that. Um, no official announce announcements or anything, but they're this year. Uh, probably not this year. Okay. So by this time next year, I would say we okay. should be, we should be good. We're going to do, cause we don't do anything fast or half-assed. Um, we're going to be bringing in uh, a few models to test with our ambassadors, get some real world feedback, um, and our ambassadors span all different types of trades. So it'll get some real, you know, um, different types of applications. So it'll be uh, some real good feedback. And then we'll uh, probably go into production later this year and then um, launching next year. So, so it's kind of funny how, um, and I'm, I'm assuming you guys are not going to go tan colored boots or footwear. That is a wonderful question. I'm just assuming. I'm assuming. <laughs> well, I mean, our our if you go on our European website, which I'm not allowed to tell people to do, but if you do, um, then uh, you can see like our stuff doesn't look like anything you would see. That's here what I America. figured, right? Yeah. So, and and at where I was headed was that even though those other brands that we talked about that we didn't mention their names and they're still out there because there's a, there's a wide variety of, of different types of workwear, but there's also a wide variety of, of footwear and there is that staple. Sure. Um, how do I Sasquatch wearing boot size? Yeah. Which you can hear like yeah. a, a trace person that's four foot nine sound like he's seven foot two. Yeah. Because of this footwear. But I, when I hear that and I see it, I'm like the, the pain that's causing your body, I go back to maybe because I'm older, right? I'm in my 50s now, right? Like you, the pain that's causing your body from your feet all the way upwards. If you don't have the proper comfortable footwear, yeah, it's going to damage you as a, as a trace person. Sure. But those, th those footwears are still being sold for whatever reason, whether it's price point or it's like the go-to old school guys just stuck in their ways. And yeah. this is what we've always bought. This is what we've always worn. But I mean, construction has evolved dramatically, I'd say, in the last 20 years. Sure. Dramatically. Like, literally, we're not driving around with square wheels anymore. That's how dramatic <laughs> that we're, we've evolved. And I think that the old school gents have to embrace these new things. Yeah. They have to. Uh, for sure. And I mean, like, a lot of that comes with, um, you know, I think when we first came to North America, you know, the concept of functional pants with elephant yeah. ear pockets and stuff it's like people language. were like, get out of here. I'm yeah. not, you know, my daddy wore this, his daddy wore that. Right. And, uh, so, but it, it caught on. And then with the, the footwear, so we will do some stuff that like is a little bit 
you know, more aligned with the North American market, but um, we're, we'll also have some pretty interesting European type stuff. And the feedback has been pretty exceptional so far. So I think people are ready for, because if you do go to a, a, a footwear uh, store, workwear store, boot store, um, I'd say 80% of the stuff is going to kind of look the same. And then you get your outliers and then you get your cheap stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, so I think there's room for a revolution there. And um, I mean, we've done it before, so maybe we'll do it again. I think tradespeople just in general, they have to just give it a try and not dismiss it. Right. Based on price point. Sure. Just give it a try and see if it's actually going to make you more efficient, functional and happier by the end of the day. Right. If you're a happier tradesperson by the end of the day because your body's not fatigued yeah. from wearing the wrong garment or whatever or footwear or whatever sure. it is, then that actually is a it's a huge plus, man, in my eyes. Yeah. And I've never been uncomfortable wearing proper workwear during the job site day. Yeah. I've never been uncomfortable. Even when it's gotten wet or whatever, it's like it's it's done its purpose. Yeah. To protect me from being uncomfortable. Right. And that's the whole purpose. And the other thing that I think workwear has also taught me is layering. Like gone Absolutely. are the days of wearing a jacket that makes you look like you're 300 pounds now. Yeah. And, and thinking that's how you keep yourself warm. But right. how many times <laughs> do we start a day and it's cold? And then all of a sudden we get into the rhythm and we're working and we get hot. Now we got to take off this bulky jacket and then all of a sudden we're cold again and now we got to put it back on so it's like layering is huge at that point right yeah i mean like that's a huge part like we don't have a three-in-one um at least in north america um because well in in my experience you take the middle layer out you put in your jacket in the summer and then come next winter you can't find it so you got to get a new one right but um just generally speaking um we're all about that layering you have separate nice pieces that you 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 know you invested in so you're going to take care of them um and yeah you're just peeling off layers throughout the day all the way down to having i mean i don't know if you've ever tried out our base layers they're 100 percent merino wool yeah and they all uh, it's breathable stuff so it's, so it's, it's great yeah it, that's the well i mean like okay you talk you start talking the rock language or whatever and, and then you start <laughs> talking about what he's doing it's just it's no different than you right. when you start training and you start wicking things and you start realizing sure. how your body works and i think it's just a matter of trace people understanding their body understanding how their work technique is yeah i also think like you know to give just general people credit and not saying that you aren't but uh <laughs> but i think just you know a lot of this is super new right like we came yeah. to north america in 2007 so that's not that long no, ago, it's not. right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, we really didn't start getting some recognition until the last, like, probably four or five years. So, um, and a lot of that for us has been through social media as well. So um, I think people just weren't really aware. And now you see a lot of guys, um, you know, the people that represent our brands and, and the people you've mentioned, or our brand, the people you've mentioned, um, you know, they have a, a platform and now they're, choosing to talk about us or another brand that might have some functionality. Um, and that's only, like you said, in, in the trades, that's only probably the last four or five years. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I'm excited to see where we are three to five years from now, because um, now everyone has the information and now let's see what they do with it. Right. Are you seeing the younger trades embracing it a lot faster than when I say younger trades, I guess in their twenties, and then I think that the 30-year-old trades are were probably on the fence and maybe a certain amount of them were saying yes and trying it out and enjoying it. 
but I definitely see the 40s and 50 year olds. I'm I'm an anomaly. Like that's just like I'm not. I <laughs> I see something. I think it's a great idea. It works for me. I use it. I wear it. Right. So are you seeing that kind of difference between that age group? I would say 25 to 45 are willing to try stuff. They're new. listening. They're listening. Okay. Anything younger than 25, they may not have the money yet. They're in school, whatever. Um, or, you know, things don't look the way they want it to. So they'd rather wear a jogging pant or a tight jean or, you know, something with some cuffs on the bottom or something. And this isn't, I'm not, I'm just generalizing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the older generations as well. I mean, some guys, like we get guys in their 70s that are like, I've been wearing these things for I found them in Europe at a trade show 30 years ago. And European blah, blah, blah. old school. They told, yeah. Yeah. yeah they were. Um, so you get it all kinds, but I'd say generally speaking, like 25 to 45 is mostly who's buying functional workwear. I can only assume that there's more younger tradespeople getting into the industry nowadays. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, like uh, th this might be a controversial statement, but like, um, you know, there's a huge push from the government and everyone's trying to get people into the trade. Of course. And so I don't know if you think that's a shortage of people. I think there's just so much damn work right now. Like if you look at the amount of condos that are going up and, and everything, like there's just, there's so much work in, in Ontario right now and other parts of Canada as well, that it's like, I'm sure that there's, you know, um, guys are retiring and that sort of thing. But I don't think there's as much of a stigma about get like my nephew, he's an electrician. I think he's in his third year. Like this kid's going to be, pulling it in by the time he's done right how old is he uh 24 so like by the time he's 25 26 like he gets it right right and i mean like you know he's a he's a smart kid he he made a choice to be an electrician because he saw that by the time he's maybe 30 he's got his own business right and i, I don't think there's a shortage i mean we we've talked a, a number of times on the show about I'm sure yeah um and there's been different perspectives from guests yeah. that have been on the show I think there's a shortage, the high-rise community, right? So when it starts to go towards the high-rise community of tradespeople and also, I guess, commercial construction and un mostly unionized construction, there's a shortage of fair wages mm. to be paid to the personnel that are doing this work gotcha. because the majority of the money is being given to the upper right. class, not class, upper brass, whatever it is, right? And so that's, a deterring factor to the younger trades because I guess their argument is you got to pay your dues and suffer and get into this. Right. But I don't think there's a shortage. I think there's just a shortage of proper wages being compensated. Okay. So I, I think, but any smart individual that's in their twenties and they want to get into construction, do your homework, man. Like yeah. we just did a show with Darren, a gentleman and, and he's in a, a unique trade that is paying very well. If you want to get into it. And he wasn't lying about his numbers, about six figures. And wow. he's like, if you're hungry and you know and you can understand the, the trade and understand the work that's associated with that trade, you'll make a really healthy living a lot better than most of your friends that probably went to university that are spending six sure. figures Absolutely. on their education and then getting out and having to pay that right. because those loans are never forgivable, right? Right. So that's where there's a slight disconnect and that's where i think the controversial will come in and hopefully no union guys are going to knock on my door and, and think i'm the bad guy here <laughs> i'm just saying is that it's just there's a lot of people making a lot of money and not spreading that money to that, the workers yeah. and that i mean that this all ties back to just you know um whether that's through because during covid there was there was 
definitely a shortage because there was yeah. so much going yeah. on. And um, I, I heard, you know, people saying, well, I left this place because they gave me five grand more. And, you know, you can only move around so many times for money. Um, so if, you're, if your trade is in demand, um, maybe you have that leverage. Um, maybe you don't. But one thing that we started to see is that, again, workwear was a way that people were attracting talent because... That's a good point. I mean, the way we look at it or the way it's looked at in, in Europe is workwear is a benefit. It's like medical or dental or anything like that. I'm going to go work for this company because they have black ladder. I'm going to go work for this company because they have so-and-so. Um, so you're starting to kind of see that in Canada where companies will attract talent because I'm not going to say because they have black ladder, but because they have a nice workwear program, benefits. right? Um, yeah. You're not wearing your own clothes on the job. So that you're saving money in that respect. You have more functionality and safety, right? It shows that they take care of their people um, so it doesn't always come down to money, but it is something that we're definitely seeing a lot more of too. You know what I was wearing the first few years in construction about 15 years ago? What kind of work wear, so to speak, I was wearing? No. I was wearing used army fatigues. Sure. Absolutely. Because in my eyes, it made sense. It had the yeah. pockets. Right. It was durable yeah. speaking. Uh, and I used to go to TNT in Etobicoke there and I would grab it from <laughs> there. Go in there and you get a pair and it's like you just go through and look for your size and you get it. It would never last because you just would beat it up so much, right? And obviously that, that crotch seam would split because that's how yeah. it was designed. So I can only imagine what military work wears now or military wear oh, is right yeah. now. It's got to be in the same level where it's like sure. they're designing things now. But this is all stuff from way, way back. And I was like, okay, so this is what I need. I can't, I never looked at joggy pants. I never looked at jeans. I never wanted to sacrifice any of my jeans that I had. Yeah. And and I wear joggy pants, but I might be the only individual that wears jogging pants that are all flared out at the bottom. I'm old school Rocky, man. Like I don't have <laughs> a rubber band on the bottom of my track pants because yeah. I never understood that. I got like a, a nice 12 inch seam at the yeah. bottom there of my legs. And I walk around with that stuff when I'm doing kind of either I'm training outside or I'm in the gym. I'm wearing that loose fitting track pant because I want that movement going sure. on. Right. Yeah. And they work for me. Do they last? No. Then I go buy another pair. But it, you know how hard it is to find unelasticated track pants in I a do, store? Yeah. Like they, they don't exist that much. I might have to start doing a construction life line of, of track pants without <laughs> rubber bands on the bottom there, right? The elastic bands. But that's where I got started because the, the military stuff made sense to me. For sure. But that would have been like a precursor to workwear. You know what I mean? For sure, yeah. I mean, and I mean, it is probably in a lot of respects the pre precursor yeah. to workwear because, um, you know, it's it's military grade, if you will, and um yeah, a lot of a lot of the fabrics that we use um, were developed for the military, so that makes oh, really? that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you I, want? Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I just just to before we move on from the whole, you know, people getting into trades and stuff. A big push is um, is obviously like if we need people, like let's get more women into construction. Oh, sure. And um, I think you know a big issue with that is that. Um, there's nothing for them to wear, right? I mean, we get um, we get calls from people all the time, and and through the grapevine, we talk to people that are just, you know, I don't have anything that fits, or I'm wearing guy stuff, and I'm having it altered or whatever. And uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about there was this uh, legislation that was amended in Ontario with having proper worksite bathrooms and everything. Well, first of all, um, there's the definition of a proper bathroom. Yeah. And then there's what's allowable 
based on, I go back to the executives running these job sites. Right, right. Because the clear definition of a worksite toilet is a separate toilet and urinal, sink, right. with running hot and cold water, yeah. and heat it. That is, by definition of the Ministry of Labor standards, a proper worksite bathroom. But you've been on a number of job sites. I've yeah. been on a number of job sites. All of my job sites have always paid the extra money for that proper. Because really? guess what? I'm the GC and I use that toilet. And yeah. I never wanted my elbows to touch the sides of the blue wall. <laughs> and I always wanted a separate toy, a urinal from the toilet. And I always wanted hot water to wash my hands. And right. I always wanted heat in there. So that was a proper. So I'm kind of upset at the minister because yeah. he's been doing a push about this. But I'm like... Technically, if you read the jargon, right, right. what I just described is the proper toilet. Right. But companies are choosing not to use that, and they're supposed to be getting fined for it. Yeah. Right? Because women, and rightfully so, women should be uh, saying, no, I'm not going to use that. Right. Because it doesn't have the functions that it's supposed to have, right? Sure. So No, absolutely. I mean, like, that's, and it's funny, like, I, I've been on thousands of job sites, and I always find the mechanical guys always have the best bathrooms because they do it themselves. But yeah. uh, um, but with this legislation, um, there's an amendment or like a little part of it that also mentions that they have to have proper fitting PPE, which is a massive thing. And we're, it, it, so this all goes into effect on July 1st, I believe. Okay. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how that's enforced, if it's enforced. Um, it's a good point that you bring up properly fitted. Yeah. Because a lot of companies will just give this to the right sure. or wrong size person. Absolutely. Not just women. There's little oh. guys. There's little guys in the industry. 100%. Right? So it's just... I mean, that that's something that we, you know, being a manufacturer, and if people don't understand, it's really hard to make things in the margins. So like the super large sizes and the super small sizes because they don't sell as much. So you have to... Um, you lose production that you could be making a very popular size. Yeah. Right. But so when companies do that, it's they're losing money essentially quote unquote. Um, so it's an investment from the company to make these kind of margin sizes. So um, it's very important that people understand that when companies do go out of their way to make the right sizes for people, that people understand that, you know, it's, it's a choice that they've made to support people in the margins so it's it's interesting you bring that up because one of the best things i ever did in in my career of construction i swag was always big yeah right so i always i i had hardcore rentals t-shirts right but the thing is over the years of me giving out t-shirts i never sold a single t-shirt i always gave them away i covered the postage and and whatever really i would do and i and i think to the tune of like i've given away over a thousand tees wow but the first thing i did when i did my very first run is i was specific about how big the logo was going to be because it had to cater to small female yeah. sure to men's triple x yeah because there's some big boys out there sure. and then there's some small women out there and so i purposely had small extra small small medium large females yeah then i had the small medium large extra large double xl and triple x for the men yeah and those were the options that were out there. And then I started getting crazy by doing different colors because I wanted to do all kinds of different colors. And then now I just reverted right back to TCL and they're just black, but the sizes are still there. Yeah. Because I was conscious of that. Women are in the construction industry and there's some big boys that are in the industry. Absolutely. And then I didn't want the big boys looking like Christina Aguilera in a genie in a bottle video. <laughs> and I didn't want the girls walking around with like pajama top, you yeah. know what I mean? A pillowcase or something like that. It made sure. no sense. You wanted comfort on both sides, the, the spectrum. So it's good that you guys are conscious of that. 
Yeah, I mean, we're definitely conscious of it. I mean, we could definitely do better. And actually, I mean, I, just in anything, uh, I welcome anyone to reach out to me if they ever had, if you disagree with anything I say, or uh, you have comments or questions, or you want some guidance on how to get into proper work, uh, foot, uh, workwear and footwear, I guess. Um, I'm happy to discuss these things. Like, I probably talk more to people as individuals than I should and focus on other things. But I really like to, like, every every individual is a win for me, right? So if we can get people, not just with black ladder, but with functional workwear in general, um, I'm happy to talk about people to get them on, on the side. Cause like, I mean, I don't know what brands of, uh, workwear you're currently wearing, but, um, you know, there are other brands that are similar to us in other ways. Nobody's as good as us, but you know, similar. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I always say I welcome it, you know, try out something. Cause you want to talk to the end user. Well, sure. And, but I mean, if you come on board with one of our competitors, but you come up to our level, right? You're now you're into functional workwear, of course, of course. right? And if that doesn't work and you hear like, oh, well, but Black Ladder makes more durable stuff, then maybe I'll go try Black Ladder. Um, so coming up to our level is step one, whether it's with us or a competitor. And yeah. then once you try us, I mean, you're pretty much a fan for life. So you guys should, um, and I don't think anybody has done this yet, is get into hard hats, man. Because I'm telling you right now, just, just look it up. I'm just saying, look it up. And I couldn't when I was there in Japan. Yeah. They have the coolest hard hats in the entire I, world. I assume they do. They have the coolest toilets, I'm too. I'm sorry. So. Like, they just, like, well, Japan's public, any public bathroom you go to, they're all bidet function, mostly Panasonic right. or Total, right? And and that's that's just the strangest thing. You walk into a McDonald's, and there's a fully heated bidet function toilet yeah. in a McDonald's in Japan. Right. Right? Like, that's... That's a society you want to be a part of. You know what I mean? What do you What do you walk in when you come into a McDonald's here? That's a different story. Is right? there even a toilet? Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I started watching all these job sites and I started seeing these Jap Japanese workers and I was like, couldn't speak English, couldn't communicate with them. I kept on pointing at the hat. I kept on asking. I finally found out that you have to be a tradesperson. Oh. You have to have a card. You have to prove that you are to even purchase one. So I couldn't even get one. But I'm like hoping that one day someone... North American side yeah. starts to design in similar shape because they have got the coolest hard hats. I'm just saying. I'll have to look that up. Um, an interesting thing is you're starting to see on some pretty big players in like GCs in Ontario, they're mandating hard hats with straps on them. We had MIPS on the show. Oh, you did? Yes. Very cool. Swedish. Yeah. And we, we talked a lot about that. How I don't even understand why chin straps are not mandatory here. Yeah. They should be. Absolutely. And I mean, like, they could make a really big impact, pardon the pun, in uh, hard hats. So there's, I just got an invitation, but I can't make it. There's a safety trade show coming up in San Diego. I got to look at the email. I can't remember. There's a couple big ones. There's one there, coming yeah. up in Ju July, I think it is. And MIPS was actually asking me if I was going to be attending that. And I was like, I'd love to, but I'm swamped. Um, so that's going on there. I can only imagine how that's going to be a good show. Yeah, because that's a lot of European influence coming into North American and talking about safety. So like chin straps on hard hats is going to be a mandatory one for sure. I, I think it's a matter of like maybe 18 months um, just I from agree. what I've seen, because I, I know the big guys are already adopting it and it doesn't take long after all that. the big trades, like the, the concrete, the big guys, the, the framing and, and hoisting things and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. It just takes you to just kind of bend a certain way and it falls right off. Right. And then, or you, and then sure. it falls right up, you forget it. And then you all of a sudden you hit your head on something. Right. So it's just like, you got to be conscious of this stuff for sure. And I mean, if you, if you drop, you know, you bend over on the ground and you drop your hard hat, just pick it up. But if you're, you know, 
on a ladder or something uh, or, you know, 20, 30 floors up and yeah, hanging over the edge. It's a different like, story. Yeah. So it's, it's a matter of time. Um, and with that, I mean, I'm going to look up this Japanese hard hat, but there's uh, Petzl and uh, Cask, which are Petzl's French and Cask, I think is German. Okay. Um, but they're, they're huge in, in that space. So I'll, in I'll Europe, go with, I'll go with the Germans before I'll go with the French. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah technically I'm French, but I'm, like, I mean, I'll go with the Germans before the French, but I mean, Petzl is nice stuff. They're good. No, they're, I like, first of all, doesn't matter what the americans say the europeans are leading in this stuff they're sure. just, they're coming up with great ideas and they're just like it's slowly coming here now that's the yeah. problem about it and and so they've been constructing you know quite a bit and we've been constructing but we're kind of late to the game we should be looking at what they're doing and going let's adopt that here man like you said earlier on the show we should just have these international kind of connections between everybody right yeah absolutely it would just make things a lot easier, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's reasons for that. But, um, yeah, it would make my life a lot easier for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we're getting close to the end. But uh, before we get into the 12 questions, anything else you want to share? Is it, did we cover everything? I know you got some notes there, so uh, I just want to make sure you covered everything. No, these are takeaways. I'm going to oh, some stuff up takeaways. afterward. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. But, uh, no, I think, like I said, if anyone has any questions or anything, I'd love for people to reach out. And um, I'm an open book, and we're an open book. We have an open-door policy at our factories. If you ever want to show up and take a tour, just feel free. Where are the factories here? Uh, so... Well, they're they're in uh, they're in Asia. So we have uh, eight factories in total: Sri Lanka, Myanmar, and uh, Bangladesh. So okay, I want to yeah. go to Bangladesh. Yeah, I'm actually going to <laughs> Sri Lanka in uh, a couple of weeks. It's my first time, so I'm pretty jazzed about that. That's a little bit of a haul. It takes two days to get there. Yeah. How many connections? Uh, two. Yeah, it's two two here stops. to Germany and Germany there. No. no. Um, here to uh, Dubai, so sorry. Here to Dubai, and then Dubai to um, wow. to uh, Colombo. Dubai's got to be fifth. No, how long is that? I think it's like I want to say like ten, twelve hours. It's a long haul. It's a pretty big uh, destination, so I think they they get there pretty quick. But yeah, yeah the, I've never done more than like nine hours, so I'm. Japan be was thirteen. Where's that? Japan? Yeah, it was thirteen. Yeah, you go the other way. Right, yeah, a lot yeah, faster, yeah. right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't too bad because uh, I was a uh, privilege, I guess, being in uh, Lefty Lucy, like the the first class. <laughs> points, man, points. It's the benefits of it's points. The way to fly, yeah. I, I totally like that. Eventually, right? But uh, sure. no, this has been this has been great, Chris, having you on the show and yeah, talking likewise. about this. And I definitely think that anybody who's in the industry. I almost want to smack them if they're not wearing workwear. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter whose it is, but as long as you're understanding that it's benefiting you as a, as a tradesperson and it's also betting your business and uh, you're becoming more productive at that point. Right. Absolutely. So I think it's important to at least consider it, look into it and check it out. Right. But anybody in Japan and they find a hard hat, please give it to me. Man. <laughs> I don't care what color it is. Please give it to me. Right. Yeah, give so, me one too. I want to check this <laughs> Chris from black ladder workwear, national sales manager, Business has been around since 1959. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. I can't even imagine what construction was like in 1959. Yeah. Couldn't even begin. Wow. Lots of schmokes. <laughs> lots of schmokes. www.blackladder.com. Chris. Dot, how do you pronounce the last name again? Kareen? Kareen. Yeah. Kareen. C-A-R-R-I-N-E at blackladder.com. Uh, and on Instagram, it's blackladderna. One more shout out. I got to do one more shout out. Adele. Oh, my God. Work and wear. Absolutely. So we all know, because I've done a show with Adele, right? So oh, it's, right, it was yeah. actually nice to be in his shop because, first of all, there's no floor space. 
<laughs> There's no floor space at all. Which store were you in? I, I was in the uh, Markham right next. Okay. Yeah, 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 the Markham one. So I was like going, dude, man, like, can you? He goes, no, I can still fit more racks in there too yeah. as well. But no, he's he's got a, a very good idea of what the tradespeople coming in, what they're asking Absolutely. for, and it's like he's a re- good, he's a great resource to reach out to every so often. I mean, he's a great dude as well. Yeah. Like he's a good friend of mine and um, been in the business a long time, really a long time. I mean, I think. I don't want to misquote, but I think 1975, yep. his dad started his the dad. business. Um, but so if you've been to Markham, you got to check out Whitby. It's so essentially, um, I remember it was like around this time last year, he called me. He's like, dude, you have no idea. We just got a Marks. You got it. I'm like, let's get in a truck. I'll meet you there right now. So we like went there and um, I, I basically was like, okay, this is going to be unlike anything else. I'm not taking credit for how awesome his store is, but essentially I was like, give me a good spot. And, uh, and we'll make it big. So we wrap the wall. We have like the killer, killer display there. I haven't been to that store. Oh, dude, you gotta see yeah, I got to go there. So while all the other brands, like this is over the course of weeks, right? Like we're setting up and he's, you know, grand opening is months away or whatever. And uh, so I'm there, other brands are there and, and they're like, um, Hey, we brought you some of this or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, well we wrapped the whole wall for him. So, uh, <laughs> what are you guys going to do? So if you go in now, the whole left side is all brands. So, you know, I'm not going to name them, but like, basically it, it, it looks so slick. You got to check it out. Okay, and where like, in Whitby is it? Like, how uh, far? it's not Vic- that far from the Markham store. It's or is it a good distance? I it's like Thixon and 401. So it's like a Home Depot, Victoria okay, Avenue. Okay, yeah. I got an idea. It's right off the highway. Okay, um, but um, anyway, it, it's so slick. I would venture to say it is probably the nicest, if not coolest, workwear store in Canada. I've been bugging him to open one up in the West. Um, yeah, I I think like I think he should do it for sure. No, for him, yeah. But I mean, somebody should. There's nothing out here. I mean, there. If you get out to Hamilton, there's Lawlers, and then but but anything, nothing in between. I guess DVP, like we're we're just talking to Toronto people now. Yeah, uh, DVP to like four twenty seven. There's nothing there. Yeah. So I mean, there's I mean, there's obviously Marks, but they're it's a different animal. It's it's yeah. yeah. As far as independent workwear stores goes, there isn't. Um, there's a couple other places. Uh, uh, Mr. Safety Shoes uh, as well sells some of our stuff, but um, but they're more about the footwear. Hundred percent, yeah. And I know that. I think talking to Adele, he was actually just saying that it's just trying to find the right location, and then also him, because well, he's the secret sauce. That's right? that, that, yeah. that, that's exactly it, right? So once he's built it, he knows how it works, and he would have to find another him yeah. to kind of handle the west side of things, right? Well, that's a tricky part because yeah. the other ones are all like you know. 20 30 minutes away yeah it's we're talking hours to get across but, the city but the right? market in the west is there i personally think yeah that needs to be there i mean i drive to his markham yeah so i'll get out that way when i can but i gotta plan it that's the problem right because Toronto's not the easiest way to get around right no easiest city to get around right no so yeah. that's all i just wanted to do, that's probably the last shout out that i'm gonna do that's yeah it. well it's a good one <laughs> <laughs> all right you ready for the 12 questions of construction nope <laughs> you're the first to not be ready you're taking notes away you're the first to be taking notes away uh what is your favorite construction word it's it's out of um i don't know if it's specifically construction but out in bc they say skookum a lot i don't know if you ever heard skookum? of that word if like something is just like really cool and like it just it works for the job sort of thing they say skookum which is yeah. Tim, is that true, man? Tim listens. He's part of uh, Pound for Pound. Oh, Framer. he knows the word skookum. 100%. Okay. He, yeah. he totally knows it, right? All yeah. right. So what's your least favorite construction word? J. 
jogging pants. <laughs> I can't stand. Is it jogging pants or sweatpants or is it like what are they? Uh, what's the official name of those things? I think it's regional. Like I was in Saskatchewan last week. They call hoodies bunny hugs, which I've never heard before. Bunny hugs? Yeah. I've never heard of that. So I think sweatpant, jogging pant, it might be a regional thing. Yeah. What turned you on in construction? Um, I'm a city guy. I, I uh, born and raised in Toronto and I just like, I love seeing buildings and like. And the congestion attached to them. I mean, it's, it always seems like there's an end coming, but it, you know, been here for 40 years and I've never seen it, but, uh, I just, I'm, I really get fascinated with like all stages of construction. So I, I just think building in general is really cool. What turns you off in construction? Um, well, I can't believe we didn't talk about this, but, uh, the sustainability side of it, um, construction is a necessary thing, but it's also, um, has a really high carbon footprint, especially concrete. And, and I mean, just some, you know, practices in general we could do better at. So, um, I, I hope, and I know there's a lot of, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, sciencing your way through things. Um, and I think that there's a lot of really good people out there coming up with alternatives to what we're doing today. But I would have to say the carbon footprint is what turns me off. Here's yeah. a crazy idea. And Angelina and I have had this conversation before is I'm really saddened that Canada does not have a high speed rail from one end to the other. Yeah. And could you imagine the construction that would create mm. and how much of a destination Canada would become if we had a high-speed rail from one end to the other, right to Vancouver Island, sure. And and I, I just I agree with you about the sustainability, and it's just like I'm I, I like reading about certain things. That I think it was recently announced in the UK, any short haul air travel less than two hours mm-hmm. is going to be gotten rid of. Wow. And everybody's going to have to be taking trains because Europe Amazing. is all trains. Sure. Because the carbon footprint attached to a train versus the carbon footprint attached to a two-hour haul on a plane oh, man. is dramatically different, right? Absolutely. So it's like kind of amazing that they're doing that and they should do and canada should be doing the exact same thing too i, right? I never thought I, I everyone always talks about the windsor montreal corridor like having a high-speed train there which i don't think that's possible whole country man but the whole country whole makes country sense, and yeah. even have a run go up to Nunavik, go up to the territories go to whitehorse yeah. go like have and like definitely right along the whole transcan yeah you know many people i would do it i love tra- train travel i would totally do it well i mean and you know currently i do fly quite a bit um and uh, it is unfortunate it's the only way to travel, but it ain't cheap to get to BC either. So it would be nice if we could have a low cost alternative that was good for the environment. High speed rail. And I'm just thinking about how much construction that would be attached to that. Oh, for sure. So jobs, so, jobs. That's what <laughs> I mean, right? So, uh, uh, what is your favorite curse word? Do I have to say it? You don't have to say <laughs> it. Don't worry. I'm not forcing anybody. You don't have to. We haven't sworn on this whole show, so you don't yeah. have to say it. I'm, I'm here representing my company, but it's definitely the effort. Actually, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to say it, but I did bring some gifts. For I you. know that cop. Um, so there's a mug that <laughs> you guys say it in your packaging. Yeah, well, of course I don't have to say it. There could be kids listening. Um, it's so a it's a giant cup of shut the F up. Yeah. So yeah. that's for you. And I bought you a pair of sunglasses. Oh, well. yeah. really? Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? A 1987 uh, Buick Grand National. Fastest production car back in the 80s and such a slick car. Yeah. And I don't understand why GM discontinued that car. Yeah. They should be smacked for that. 
So it's they, such a monster. They were going to bring it back in like oh, 2016. Don't do it. I'm on board. No. I, I'll show you what it looks like afterward. But uh, <laughs> when they were going to bring it back and then like kind of economy dip, so they canceled it. But um, anyway, the original was I, had, I worked with a guy who painted one white and I was like, what is your problem? Like, it's oh, man, that that car is only black. Exactly. Period, black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a T roof as well, too. I think you could get it. That was yeah. an option. Yeah. OK. Yeah. But white. Yeah. I, he was kind of that kind of guy. Right. Like he wanted to go against the grain. But yeah. Blasphemy. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful blasphemy. car. By beautiful car. Honestly. Least favorite vehicle in the entire world. <sighs> I don't know. There's so many. I know. Um, a Dodge Neon? Is that an acceptable answer? <laughs> Do they still make that thing? It's I don't know what it's called now, but there's some version of it. I know? mentioned this before. I lost face for that <clears throat> vehicle when I saw Tom Brady endorse it on a Super Bowl ad. For the Neon? Wow. I said, how much money does Dodge Neon have? He's not driving a Neon. <laughs> no, no. He was endorsing it. That's what I'm saying. He like, wasn't behind the wheel. Right. It oh, was just a just Super Bowl spot. Yeah. yeah. He was just standing <laughs> in a press conference kind of thing. And then it was all about Dodge Neon. And I was like, what's going on? You know? <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? That's weird. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? Hmm. Bless you. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, everyone's got to love the lunch truck or the coffee truck. They're going to disappear one day. Why? Because of Uber? Because of Uber Eats? Because all the guys are older? <clears throat> because the food isn't the healthiest? Um, it, they're going to disappear one day. I'm sorry. Plus, the big companies uh, take a kickback. Oh, really? All of them? Oh, See, yeah. That. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a whole, again, with the union knocking on the door. There's a whole kickback. that You, you want to get on my job site, you're going to have to grease the wheel here. Mm. Like there's a lot of that whole underbelly stuff. So it's it's like the skate or the, the metal sharpening guy. Yeah. He's already disappearing. Hey, he came by my house last summer. You heard him? Yeah. I, yeah. I ran outside. I had uh, like shears and my lawnmower blade. Was now. he hooked up to an IV bottle inside the van or what? <laughs> like these guys are going to disappear because right. you don't see any young people taking over for this. Yeah. Stuff. His, his son wasn't sitting beside him. Right. Yeah. And same with the food truck. I know the horn. I know you're talking about. It's yeah. it's actually a nice sound. Mm -hmm. um, but they are going to disappear in today's day and age, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad I picked it then because it's <laughs> going the way of the dodo bird. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. I guess people tell me to get off their job site because they don't want to talk about workwear. Uh, <laughs> they actually say that? Oh, yeah. Well, we, they're not wearing workwear and they're wearing track pants. Well, they're just, I mean... Yeah, they, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to. It's just an excuse. Like, you know, you're not allowed to be here or whatever. So yeah, but right, that right now they're listening to the show. They'll listen to the show, but they won't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I mean, I'd love to be a podcast host. Uh, That's easy, man. Used to have one and kind of fell off. But yeah, I still have the equipment, so. Would you have like what, just audio, right? You didn't do cameras or anything like that? Yeah, I just, no, this is pretty sophisticated. <laughs> it's uh, just cameras. Yeah, this was like, I think we started in 2013 or something. How many like episodes that, did so. you do? 60 or so. It's a good amount. Yeah. Most people quit after seven. Yeah, no, we, we had a whole thing going. It was good. It's not even on the internet anymore. It's been wiped off the face of the earth. Why? Oh, you didn't keep up the hosting? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. why. The hosting is a little bit of a pain because you got to pay a monthly. Yeah. And once you get bigger and bigger, you got to pay like three or four hosting services yeah. and all this other <laughs> crap. So no, it's it's a machine at that point, right? But yeah. hey, this one's not stopping. So 
what profession would you not like to do? Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't, not that I wouldn't, not that I don't value this job or these jobs, but nurse or teacher. I just underappreciated, super underappreciated. And I do not have what they have. Like I do not have the ability to be that empathetic and supportive of other people all yep. the time. It's yep. yeah. No, totally underappreciated. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Those are some nice pants. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, man, pleasure having you on the show, bro. Thank you so much for making the time. Thanks man. for having me anytime. Man. I know it was a little bit of like a bouncing around over and over. I'm trying to remember who was I? Uh, CJ. CJ, that's yeah. it, right? He's in the States. He's in Louisville, yeah. So okay. that would have been, you uh, know, not good for the environment for him to be on this podcast, I guess. But. <laughs> Everybody check them out. Black Ladder Workwear, www.blackladder.com. Chris.Kareen, C-A-R-R-I-N-E, at blackladder.com. And on Instagram, reach out to them. Any questions at all? Anything, whatever, pick your brain. Uh, Black yeah. Ladder N-A. And that's it, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate Angelina, it. we're out of here. <laughs>